ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming tonight. We are about to begin, so please make your way to the auditorium and take your seats. Welcome to the Snapshot Testimony Podcast. This is a special Christmas edition. I'm your host, Ali Domerson. I'm passionate about communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ through storytelling. And what better story to tell this time of year than a Christmas story? In this episode, you're gonna meet Jim and Gail Coakley. They've been married more than 40 years, but they first met as high school classmates. She was a Christian, he was not. But on December 10th, 1978, a Christmas concert at a local church changed everything. Okay, so Jim and Gail Coakley married 40 years. Christmas must be a really special time in your house because Christmas is such a big part of your story. We're gonna get to all of the details, but first let's go back to high school where you guys first met for the first time. Jim, we'll start with you. What did you think of your high school classmate? You met as a senior. What were your first impressions of her? Well, I was, uh, of course, at Proviso was high school, a big school, 4,000 plus students at the time. And of course, I hated study hall. Okay. Uh, and so I wanted to, to get out of study hall because I just hated just sitting there doing nothing. So even though I didn't really enjoy singing in a crowd, I enjoyed the choir. Uh, and so I was in the choral group. And so Gail had never been a part of any of the choral groups until the last year. And so finally, she comes into the choral group. And she, along with some other of her Christian friends, were part of the group. And I just uh, began to notice something was different about them. They were dressed differently. They didn't act worldly in any sense. Okay. Uh, and so I was kind of intrigued by that because even though I grew up in a kind of nominal kind of Christian home, uh, and, uh, and so I was intrigued by this. I, was, I would call myself agnostic at this point. You would point. not have called yourself a Christian. No, I would definitely have not have called myself a Christian. I was uh, doing things that would definitely uh, put myself outside of that. Okay. Uh, and so, but yet I, you know, was always intrigued by, you know, what motivates people. And so what happened was, is that we had been together four years in the same class, but never had classes together until choir and uh, an English class our last year. Your senior year. Uh, and senior... before you go any further, we got to get Gail in here. Gail, <laughs> what did you think of him? This guy who he said nominally had some Christian exposure, but definitely did not consider himself a Christian. You were a Christian. What did you think of your classmate, Jim? I thought he was a nice guy, but I was very afraid, to be honest. <laughs> I was scared because I sensed he liked me. Oh. And as a believer, I... Um, <laughs> I knew my parents probably wouldn't approve, and he, he wore sometimes like a bandana around his head, and he had a little longer hair, and um, he was, you know, outside of the realm of whatever I would picture myself okay. as far as a date, you know. He was so, a bit of a, a bit of a rebel? Yes, quiet he was rebel. A, a quiet would, rebel, yes. Okay. I, I hated the large groups of, of partiers, but I would, you know, do drugs, I would do alcohol, uh, but I never wanted to get caught. I at least had a fear of the law, uh, but I was still pushing the, the boundaries of behavior. Uh, 
Uh, and so that was a part of that. And so, yeah, definitely I was uh, uh, where you can see the high school ID picture. I have a bandana around my head. Uh, I, yeah, I, uh, uh, this was the time of disco. So there was bell bottoms and uh, even getting away with wearing uh, uh, beer shirts and stuff okay. like that. Nowadays, I don't think they allow that kind of thing. Even had one. I was a big J.R. Tolkien fan, actually, for a few years in high school. And uh, it, there's a kind of a, a pun here. But I wore a T-shirt that had on it, keep on Tolkien. <laughs> and the druggies would always say, oh, yeah, man. yeah, keep on token uh, was a drug term. Oh, boy. Uh, but then token, again, the academics, yeah. you know. And so I lived in that in-between two worlds. Mm -hmm. I was college-bound, but I was... I was more at home, not with the eggheads and the academics. I was more at home with the burnouts, we yeah. used to call them. So, Gail, you were curious enough about him to extend him an invitation. Yes. And it was around this time. It was December of 1978. And you invited him to your church. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, um, a bunch of us girls who were in the choir were also going to be in a Christmas cantata at our church that we all attended together. And I invited Jim to the Christmas cantata, and I knew that he would hear us, but that he would also hear the gospel. Okay. And so there was a motive there. There yes, was a motive. You wanted to see, you wanted him to hear something. We were very evangelistic in the late 70s as far as in trying to invite friends to hear the gospel at church. And um, it was exciting to have a new person there to, to come hear about Jesus. Yeah. So, Jim, you took her up on the offer. You walked into this church yes, for this Sunday evening. Christmas concert. Yes. What did you think? What were your first impressions just walking in and taking it all in? I mean, it's an impressive auditorium, and it was well-done production. Uh, it was uh, called Old Fashioned Christmas, so it was kind of homey, almost a little, little uh, kind of, uh, dare we say, cliché. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, the group was singing and everything else. And I kind of just generally kind of just enjoyed the concert and the orchestra and everything else that was part of that. Uh, but it was really when the pastor got up afterward and gave a brief gospel presentation that things really began to click. Yeah. So um, what would you what were your thoughts about God before yeah. walking into the church that night? You mentioned there was some nominal Christian exposure. You wouldn't necessarily say, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in anything. But right. what did you think about God prior to that day? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of generally in most nominal kind of Christian kind of thinking, it's good works, bad works. Mm -hmm. And so it's this Boy Scout kind of mentality, just do good, you know, you know, do good unto others, be prepared, help others. Uh, and so you have this kind of divine scale kind of in eternal kind of uh, perspective that if your good works outweigh your bad works, yeah, you'll make it into heaven. But mm -hmm. if your bad works tend to outweigh your good works, well, then you have another issue you have to deal with. And I knew I didn't have enough good works, uh, but the, the idea was is that uh, you know, I knew that I wasn't on the right path, but at the same time, I didn't see what the, what the solution was. Because yeah. I grew up in a kind of a church kind of setting, but it was never really applied as to what the gospel message was really all about. So what did you hear that night that challenged your previous idea of good works, bad works, try to be a good person? What did you hear that challenged that? The challenge was the, the pastor, Pastor Robert Gray, talked about the free gift of salvation. That, and of course at Christmas time, gifts are, are pretty much all part of that. Yeah. 
And so the idea that you don't have to work for it, you don't earn it, you just have to receive it by faith. And all of a sudden, things began to kind of click in my mind. It says, huh, uh, two things happened. One, it makes sense, because if all of a sudden what I did know that Jesus died on the cross, just about everyone knows that there's the crucifixion, but the idea then, if all I had to do was be good, why did Jesus have to come and die on the cross and come into the first place down to earth? But I was also frustrated in the sense that this makes so much sense that, yes, salvation is a free gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. But why hadn't I heard it before? And this is too easy of a message. And I said, and so he gave an invitation to respond. And I kind of wanted to, but it's like, wait a second. It can't be this easy. Yeah. I got to think on this some more. So, Gail, you were, pause there because I want to get Gail in here. You're singing. You're part of this Obviously, I'm sure you noticed his presence when he was there. Yes. What were you thinking as you were watching him take all of this in? I was wondering what he was thinking and, and um, wondering um, what he would think of the gospel message and also just what the future would hold mm-hmm. for us. Did, for... You, did you like him at that point? Did you have a crush on him? I did somewhat, yes, at that time. I was still scared, though, like okay. I say, because I knew that this was out of the bounds of, as a believer, mm-hmm. we we were grown up and taught that you should only date another believer, be, be not unequally yoked together, sure. was always what we were taught. So you had a and curiosity so about him, have a curiosity, there was that though. sense of, ah, yes. I don't really know. Yes, but that's... I saw potential, really, mm-hmm. be, and, I, and, I, and I knew that we liked each other as friends at that time especially but i knew at that point still he was not a believer yeah so so jim you leave the church that night yeah Yeah. and you're you wrestled with this for a couple weeks i did in fact i went back the next sunday night Mm -hmm. uh because they had a sunday school christmas program again the kids and all the kind of more christmas more christmasy kind of stuff and then once again heard the gospel presentation afterwards and it's like okay this is starting (laughs) to sink in uh, but yet this is, this, this is, is way too easy. This idea of it just being a free gift and right. all I have to do All I have to do is... do is recognize I'm a sinner. I have to recognize that Jesus died on the cross and that by putting my faith and trust in him as my only hope of salvation, mm-hmm. and then I receive my forgiveness of sins and I receive the gift of eternal life, the gift of eternal life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's, I can see the spiritual equation there. But how come I've never heard it that simply presented before? Yeah. It was always encumbered by religious uh, tradition and other things. Mm-hmm. And so the simplicity of the gospel message was overshadowed by so much church churchiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what happened then is that I was still very much intrigued. Uh, so there was a, a youth rally. It was actually sponsored by Word of Life. They had an all-night youth rally. And so I was invited by mm-hmm. uh, these girls from the choir uh, to participate. So we went to an So another in- invitation. Another, another invitation. invitation. Wow. <laughs> so we started out by going to old Chicago. It was an indoor amusement park out in the Bolingbroke area. And then we went to a church. We watched a cheesy Christian film. Uh, and then we went bowling. So that was the, that was okay. the itinerary till you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, and so it was, I was already ripe. I mean, I knew this, mm-hmm. this made so much sense. And so even though the film was uh, not one of the best Christian film productions, 
it wasn't again the music necessarily it was the message of the mm-hmm. gospel that was just penetrating through this time of christmas uh the free gift of salvation just kind of rattling around in my mind uh and so then uh when the invitation was given at this uh, word of life rally uh january 20th because it was about two o'clock in the morning uh where i came to faith in the pews of a church after watching this film i just knew that i needed to respond and i did wow gave my life to jesus Gail, what did you think at that? That was so amazing to, to tell you the truth. But all of us teens were so like just excited because we didn't see too many people like going forward, accepting the mm-hmm. Lord and seeing a, a physical, not that, you know, going forward saves you, of course, sure. because it's it's the act of faith in Jesus that saves you. But it was encouraging to us as a yeah. group of teens that another teen um, got saved and went forward and I was really excited for him and um, right away he grew like a sponge. So you could see right away yes. the change in him. Yes. What what was that like? Well I gave him a lot of books to read. <laughs> Here <books>. you go! <laughs> and as you know he's a professor now and he, he always was intellectual and he mm-hmm. loved books. He would stay up till two in the morning, three in the morning, reading these things, soaking it in. He was reading, 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 and just growing, growing, growing like a sponge. More than some people have been saved for years. He he grew so fast that he had um, grown out out past a lot of people that had been saved for 25 years, let's say. So, Jim, you were hungry. You you got saved, and you immediately, you wanted to to know, yeah. to understand what was, what was your, what was driving it? Was it just like, I, I need to understand or, or was it a desire for growth? Well, it was the idea of, Hey, this is so simple. Uh, how come I need to, you know, get involved with following this path, but also, you know, somehow training myself to get this word out to others. Mm. Uh, and so it wasn't too long afterwards where I actually, the pastor gave a call to full-time Christian service, and I actually responded two, three months after salvation. So you right away, right away, you, know, you wanted to. I mean, to... it's like I do. I was already planning to go into, uh, you know, again, nothing wrong with psychology. Mm-hmm. I was planning to go to University of Illinois for psychology, but I was one messed up kid. I don't know how that would have helped mm-hmm. me uh, if I had actually <laughs> gone there. Uh, but now I realize I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of compassionate, sympathetic for the most part. Uh, but now I think, hey, this is the better way to help people is to prepare for serving the Lord full time. And I actually said, Lord, whatever that is, whether that's teaching, pastoring, or missions, I'll do whatever you want. Wow. Um, But I had an issue. Mm. I wanted to go to Moody, but I couldn't. Because this was, uh, again, I was saved in January of 1979. And Moody, even to this day, has a one-year waiting period after conversion before you can become a student. And here I am, my graduating semester of high school, and I already wanted to go for Bible training. Uh, and so I was not able to apply to Moody Bible Institute because of that. So before we get to that, we've got to know how then did this, how did you guys end up together? Because <laughs> obviously there was curiosity. Now you get saved. Did it just like instantly click? I mean, you got to tell us. Yes, even at Old Chicago, um, I knew that he was going to stick with me because we went on a roller coaster there. <laughs> it no longer exists. They've tore down the place now. But it was the big indoor amusement park. 
and people wanted to go again, and I was the only one that said no. <laughs> and I got sick after I got off the roller coaster, and he's, I thought, if he still wants to date me after this. <laughs> well, that's a wild he's, start. He's pretty He's pretty. We've been on a rock and roller coaster ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. since 40 years. But so then we would go out on, on dates um, after that to, you know, just started dating, basically, mm-hmm. and went to restaurants like a diner. Yeah. I remember going... To five, five coins, corner, rest, five yeah. coins, yeah, that's restaurant. The name of it. yeah. And we would just go out to eat and um, do do just simple things together. Yeah. He would come with me, like to visit my great grandmother was still alive at that time, and and I felt things. very invited into her family. Okay, yes. um, I mean, he was an elder at the church, and I look Father. back on now, and I'm really thankful that. You know, even though I had the long hair and I kind of looked the the quiet rebel kind of part, you still looked you still looked. The I rebel, still had a lot of that looks to me. I mean, it certainly had that smile, probably <laughs> to kind of disarm people. But the idea, though, is he did not stiff arm me mm-hmm. uh, because I felt if he had if he had really cracked down and said, you know, hey, you know, I, I forbid you to have any contact with Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that would have done in yeah. terms of uh, the early reception to in this whole movement of Christianity and how welcoming and family-like atmosphere. But they welcomed uh, my mother-in-law and my father uh, now with the Lord. My father's with the Lord. But what a great, uh, great uh, welcoming I had into yeah. the Christian family. And my father gave him a small Bible, I remember, yeah. and wrote in it Yeah. Um, wow. some words. It was special. Yeah, yeah. it was very special. He so would, how many years yes. before then you, you ended up getting married? Well, we, she was already going to Calvary Bible College in Kansas City, and I thought, okay, if I can't go to Moody, uh, maybe I could go with her. <laughs> and so we went down and, and uh, visited the campus, and uh, they had no issue with me because they, you know, they heard my testimony, and so I was accepted as a student. And so we began then, and the, I was 17 years of age. This is weird because now kids <laughs> don't go to certain grades at age, but I was 17 yeah. when I started college. Wow. And so then we uh, dated all four years of college, but we waited a long three weeks after graduation. Before we, got <laughs> we wanted to finish college first, yes. yeah, basically. And uh, it wasn't like we were forbidden to get married before sure. then, but that was yeah, just Yeah, I a found goal. out later, uh, my father-in-law said, oh, we would have allowed you to get married earlier, but... Uh, <laughs> why didn't somebody tell me? Uh, why didn't somebody tell me? But I was, no, again, was playing good. the economic sense. Her dad was paying the bill of her yeah. daughter, his daughter going to school, so... I didn't have to foot that bill at that and point. And we really enjoyed our years. Yes. We were both RAs. We enjoyed um, getting to know other students mm-hmm. and having relationships with other people. And that was really good for us. Yeah. To... yeah. We had one funny incident. We, when we got to school, we said, you know what? Let's not oh, yeah. portray ourselves as a couple. <laughs> because we didn't want, because people who paired off typically would be avoided because they're already, quote, in a relationship. Uh-huh. And so we said, hey, for the first three weeks, uh, we're just going to be independent. Uh, and so we did that. And, you know, we wanted to get to know our peers. Uh, but then I said, after three weeks up, hey, it's time for us to, you know, get back together. <laughs> it's like, wow, that couple really got connected really fast. That was quick. That was quick. Christian college. Christian college, you know. One you of our know. RAs, I forgot who yeah. it was, but one of our RAs kind of like turned, not turned us in, but questioned like, the, the relationship, of, or, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. <laughs> so, but uh, but we, you know, we, but it did show that we wanted to bring others in, mm-hmm. and so you know, yes, we enjoyed being with each other, but we also enjoyed uh, being around 
uh, so many of our peers yeah. and uh, they're good close friends even to this day. Mm -hmm. So now married 40 years, 40 just years. celebrated years. your 40th. Yes. You have two children, Yes. three grandchildren. Yes. Christmas time, do you, do you think about how it all started? Like, does it still come to mind for you this time of year? Yeah, it still does. And, you know, I'm, I'm amazed by, again, the simplicity of the gospel message, every Christmas season being presented, again, the free gift of salvation. So grateful that I had the opportunity to hear that message. And, you know, so many others need to hear that because they are trapped in kind of wrong thinking about what salvation is all about and what they need to do and thinking that they can do it on their own and when they realize they really can't mm -hmm. uh, because they don't have that uh, capacity and spiritual capacity to live a life pleasing if they do it in the flesh. Uh, and so, you know, every time I think about, you know, the Christmas season, I, I think back about how, you know, back in 1978, that old-fashioned Christmas and the gospel message, you know, the, the idea that Jesus came down from heaven. Why? Not just to be a little babe in a, in a manger, but to die for the sins of the world and to give me the opportunity to have life eternal and to have my sins forgiven. Yeah. You're now a professor I'm here at Moody Bible Institute. Yes. You've done some pastoring. Yes. You still have a I've done a some mission work. So uh, the, the Lord has given me the desires of all my heart. Yeah. I mean, I, I look back, my life verses are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with mm -hmm. all your heart mm -hmm. and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You know, so the idea there is I, I've relied on the Savior. I've trusted in him. I put my faith in him. But it says lean not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. Very early on in my Christian life, I knew the Bible was going to be central uh, to uh, my spiritual development. Yeah. And so if you're not leaning on your own understanding, you have to lean on God's understanding sure. and that's only found in the pages of God's word yeah and then also the idea of recognizing his hand and I I think back I have been so blessed with my wife Gail uh, two children and three grandchildren so far and the idea though is uh, is that I recognize his hand every juncture of my life mm. whether it was senior year in high school what do I go for seminary and where do I go for you know, for ministry opportunities. The Lord has directed my path so smoothly. Mm. Now, I realize that's not necessarily the journey that everyone has, uh, but the Lord has shown himself mm. faithful time and time again. Yeah. And it all began in that Christmas season of 1978. But Moody was a big part of that behind the scenes. I didn't realize until even reflecting on that recently, how many mm. touch points Moody Bible Institute was a part of that scene behind yeah. my salvation message. I think about the uh, pastor of the church that gave the message. He's a Moody grad, Pastor Robert L. Gray. Uh, this cantata that was sung that night mm -hmm. was done by Don Wurtson, who is a Moody grad. Wow. Uh, and so that uh, is a Moody connection. And although you didn't end up going to Moody at, at the outset, you eventually I, ended I eventually, up here. I eventually ended up here, now yeah. finishing up 25 years here at Moody Bible Institute. And then also, too, the individual that, in a sense, led me in the sinner's prayer that night in 1979 was actually a student on a, on a uh, PCM, on a Practical, uh, practical Christian, Christian Ministry. ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, so doing that, the youth pastor uh, of the church uh, was really uh, loved to, to support Moody. In fact, uh, just when I moved to my mm -hmm. office now in Sweeting, uh, mm -hmm. he actually paid to outfit the office that I'm now occupied in, wow. he and his wife. 
And they're all uh, very much connected there. So there's so many moody touch points. And so even though I couldn't get in back then, I've snuck in the back door <laughs> and have been here for 25 years. And uh, my life is all the richer because of that. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for those who have supported Moody, who have gone through Moody, have used their gifts and talents, because they all are part of that story behind mm-hmm. uh, that night in January of mm-hmm. 1979, where I actually crossed the line from darkness into light. Yeah. Gail, how grateful are you that you extended that invitation all those years back? Really grateful, really (laughs) grateful. And it just shows you how you need to be bold with the gospel. Mm -hmm. It can be easy to not invite someone to a a Christmas event or uh, be afraid, Um, but you have to overcome your fears and sometimes step out of your comfort zone and make some invitations to people who could really benefit from hearing the gospel. And Christmas season is always a great season to do that. And you never know what might happen, right? Look at you guys. I know, I know. And as he said, when he moved into his new office in Sweden, we walked in the door. We didn't realize it at the time. We looked at the plaque and it was our youth leaders during the time of his salvation. Wow. Their names on that plaque. And it was like, wow, this, we are coming full circle. Mm back to where we started. Thank you both so much for sharing your story. And can I say Merry Christmas? That feels appropriate here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I hope all of our listeners take this opportunity to think once again about the simplicity of the gospel message. Mm. It is a free gift. All I have to do is recognize that you're a sinner and just recognize you can't do it on your own, but to recognize that Jesus gave his life so that you might have eternal life and to put your trust in him. Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast. If you'd like to connect, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm your host, Allie Domerson, and together we're sharing the moments that shape a life of faith in Christ. Thanks for listening.